This is OTB Sports Radio Thursday Night Football with John Giles Who was that talking? Troy Deeney Well I think he should keep his mouth shut and have more respect for the opposition when he plays against them and look at himself if he was such a great player and was able to do all the things that he's talking to other people not doing he wouldn't be on the bench he'd be out there playing The best analysis of all the week's football from Ireland's number one football man Obviously after the Munich Air disaster it, it, was, it was thrust on Bobby and, and there was not a lot of pressure on Bobby he was carrying the team and he handled himself brilliantly and he played unbelievable stuff John Giles every Thursday at 7.30pm on OTB Sports Radio live 24-7 on the Go Loud app the OTB Podcast Network OTB Gold the very best of off the ball hello there you're listening to OTB Gold this is a collection of some of the very best bits on off the ball and well we've got a bit of a doozy for you so Mick O'Connell is a proper GAA Kerry legend a remote figure in many ways a grumpy figure in many great ways and he turned 80 not so long ago and myself and Jer decided let's see if he'll uh, take a call on his 80th birthday and he did and it's fair to say he had no time for our nonsense but he was good enough to take a call anyway and we both really enjoyed this so this is a proper bona fide legend Mick O'Connell on his 80th birthday. OTB Gold. And O'Connell, a lad from Valencia. I think it can be uh, uh, spelled out in this way, that there was an elegance about his play. He was the great purist, the great specialist, and he had perfection to Gaelic football. I have no doubt uh, that history will uh, judge Mick O'Connell as the classical exponent of uh, the pinpointed kick and the uh, high fielding. He was a very easy type of person to play with once you understood what he was looking for. I never saw anything like him, but I don't think I'll ever see it again. Now watch for O'Connell's giant leap for the ball in this 1962 game against Dublin. Meant for John Timmons, but Sean O'Shee sees it and clears. Kevin Coffey. That evening, he left behind the celebrations and went back to Valencia Island, crossing as usual in his small rowing boat. In time, he heard the special thunder of the island shore. He hauled the boat in, sheltered near a rock, and smiled to hear the sea's defeated roar. Breathing as though the air were infinitely sweet, he watched the mainland where the hard wind struck. The island clay felt good beneath his feet. A lad from Valencia, the pride of the kingdom was he. Wow. That is from the 1975 documentary called A Kerry Footballer. You heard there the voices of Sean O'Shea Con, Raymond Smith, Seamus Murphy and Jackie Lyne waxing lyrical about Mick O'Connell's skills. And I'm delighted to say a big happy birthday to Mick O'Connell who's on the line. Mick, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. How are you getting on? We're fine, fine. Uh, 80 is a big old, uh, a big old milestone. Have you, are you having oh, a yeah, yeah, still going, still going strong here. Yeah, but you're... At this stage of my life, you know, you're talking about games that are way long, long past you. Yeah. Are you uh, having a big celebration today? Oh, no, I know. I was never in person for celebration. You said there. I just lived life and went along and just a family occasion. That's it, yeah. Well, that's kind of one of the things that you're legendary for is actually slipping away quietly from the celebrations. Yeah, but I mean, what was there to celebrate about? I mean, to me, I grew up when football 
was a pastime, a kind of a sport. And you played at weekends and did a bit of practice during the week and everything else was incidental. There were more important things to be doing and that's the, the background that I came from. What? So there was no such thing as days after matches. Triumphant disaster came the same to me. You won a match, turned a triumph. Losing a match wasn't a disaster. So that that was the the, the thinking I had in the game, and I know apologies about it. That uh, documentary I was talking about. I don't know if you've watched it recently again, but it's on YouTube, and so everybody should go and have a look at it because it's got some amazing stuff about you growing up as a kid. You kind of lived by the sea. You went fishing a lot. Like the I, well, my, I was my people were fishing background, sea background background. Yes. That seems to have given you a real context on life. Oh yeah, yeah. But the, the, the real life, you know, that was nothing came easy in that regard. And if you got a chance in sport, it was kind of a bonus. That's it. And yet, also in the documentary that we were we were watching, it seems as if football was very important to you as like a nineteen twenty year old because you went to UCC and did engineering and got a first in your first year exams, but you gave it up because you got a job back on the island with the cable I company. Tell you, in those days, in those times at nineteen years of age, most people of my age were working at home or abroad or somewhere. When I got a job with the people of money in the island, of course I took it. Why should I bring in somebody else to pay my way? Everything had to be paid at that time. I was, you would feel guilty about your father, who was a fisherman, supporting you, and uh, that, was, that was straightforward enough. Okay, so in the documentary, it's kind of painted as a, you took the job because it gave you more time to play football, but actually... No, no, nothing, nothing such. You see, football, you might think that football was important to me. There was other things important to me. I played football, first of all, because I liked it. The only reason that I say anyone should be like sport at all. If, if I were born somewhere else, it'd probably be soccer or something that I would have played. But Gaelic was the game in this locality. I happened to play it by accident. And we're lucky enough to have facilities to go aboard and a useful job, five and a half day a week, to three the weekends. That was, it fitted in. But it didn't know what this thing is as it being the, 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 uh, the, the, the number one aim in my life to be playing football. No. Mick, I've seen you make the point... Oh, incidental, right. I've um, I've seen you make the point that people have portrayed Valencia Island as an impoverished place, which wasn't the truth. Who said that? I've, I've, I heard you say that, that people might have given the impression of Valencia oh, Island no, that no, it was no. impoverished. The, I never, the word impoverished or, or hard up or, 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 or beleaguered, that was never part of the vernacular here. No, we, we, I, no, I never heard people complaining. Tell us about being a kid on the island, will you? Because it's fascinating stuff. Well, I, I lived in Valencia Island for a thriving place. There was there was a, a good mix of people here. A lot of people from the south of England worked with the cable company, Irish Light Services, and with all the services here, post offices, guard stations, everything. But above all that, Valencia Harbour facilitated cable ships from Newfoundland, Denmark, France, it's big trawlers, big steel trawlers from South Wales, and various other Spanish trawlers, French trawlers, and I was I was in awe of them, and my father being a fishing, a, fishing uh, a ship's pilot, and there was no place in the adjacent main that could compare with the place the, in the I grew up, and that's not nostalgic on wilds now. Is it true that some Spanish uh, trawlers introduced you guys to a game of soccer when they arrived uh, in the uh, island? See, the Spanish trawlers, uh, there were, I often saw hundreds of them moored here in Valencia Harbour, and they'd come ashore. They didn't have money, and they would they would just kick the ball around. But it was for soccer they would play, and we would play with them. 
it seems like it's actually quite a cosmopolitan upbringing that you've got an influence Well, of. no, I'm not, I'm not paying it. It was far ahead of other places in the mainland because I've explained to you. How many more places in Ireland would you have that mix of people and, and have that self-sufficiency on the island and, and the mix of people? I tell you, there was no very few places on the mainland had that mix of people. Was the self-sufficiency down to fishing and farming and they were the key components? Yeah. Well, you know, in other parts. You see, in other parts of the they had farming, but they had no such thing as access to the sea to make a living off the sea. That, that was here. And uh, the other thing that obviously people are, associate you with a lot is rowing back and forth from the islands. Actually, that was no trouble, no trouble. When you grow up with something like that, that's no trouble at all. I mean, in fact, in fact... Uh, there were far more greater difficulties than rowing over and back, if you know about in, in uh, When other people had to bring cattle and horses and things across sometimes in, in, in wooden boats, that was, that was more... I was doing it for pleasure, pastime. How long was the trip back and forth? Oh, well, it depends on the weather. You'll be in half an hour or less. Right. Good, good uh, practice. Keeps you nice and fit. Well, fit for rowing, you mean? Well, not for football. <laughs> Football and rowing have no association, sure. <laughs> it seems like you were... You, liked... you seem to know all about the sport. But you're, you're 23, is it? No, I wish I was 23. What age are you? I'm 39. 39. Yeah. Well, you see, you're talking about a game of Gaelic football now. In fact, I call it Gaelic. Because Gaelic never... I grew up in the 40s when, when my initiation into the game was you able to feel the ball, kick the ball, two-footed and, and off the ground. Now, as this thing for the present time is completely different. But that was the, the game I grew up in. And comparing that game and players of that time with the players of that time is, is useless because two different games altogether. In fact, I call the game now Gaelic because I counted a I, I match last year where there was 14 hand passes before it was one kick by the Kerry County team. So it's called football, but I prefer to call it Gaelic. It's interesting you talk about the game you were initiated in because you've said, I think, on, on different occasions that football wasn't really in your family. You had a cousin maybe who played who was good, but that actually it was just something that you got drawn to yourself. Well, I tell you, I like sport and I still like sport, even now at eight years of age. When I turned on Sky Television, I saw Arsenal playing last night against Bournemouth. And I've an interest in sport and I study sports, but the, the thing is, that's the one reason I think to be involved in sport, you either like it or don't like it. And if you don't like it, you shouldn't be at it. When I, that's that's my my thinking on the game anyway. There must have been somebody good in the locality, though. Who, who what? There must have been a good coach early on who helped you out, who was like, listen, you're good who, at this. Who, who, I never used the word coach. Where do you get that? I don't know. I'm wondering who, who helped you out as a kid. Like you just, You're, you're self-taught. Exactly. I, I saw the games played by the local teams. That was it. Example is the best coach of all. And if you're talking about coaches and things like that, if if there's coaching there now, the game now, a lot of older people don't even watch the game. I went into the county game for a couple of years now, and I'm not condemning the players. I'm talking about the code. Can you understand? Some people can't debate the code as distinct from the the players. Do you wish, do you wish that the game was more like it was? It, it used evolve. to be. A games, games are, if they're governed properly, the people administering should have a vision to know whatever changes are made, what the result is going to be. If the, if, if the people administering have a vision for that, it won't be involved or it won't be by chance. It should see what the result is. A visionary people in that regard, but I haven't seen that in my time anyway. Can I change tact a moment and ask you a question or two about your career again? Well, I, wouldn't, I never classed my time as a career. It was just past time. I played for between 56 and 66, went yeah. away to England then. 
came back for a few years after, which I shouldn't have believed because I came back for a few more years then. And uh, it was just fitted in. If it fitted in with yeah. my life, that's when I played it. Because at the, in my earlier years, I had a very appropriate job that fitted in and um, five and a half to a week and all that. But If you lost an All-Ireland final or if you lost a big game, did it bother you for days or weeks on end? No, I say that to you. Winning the game was not triumph and losing the game was not disaster. It was winning game, lose games. That's mm. part of sport. So did you force yourself to do to train harder than you might have enjoyed? Like you're saying you only did it because you enjoyed it, but you must have had to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Well, I, I, as a young boy, at, 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 as a young boy, if you don't develop skills as a young lad, you'll never have it. Yeah. You, at 20, in your 20s, it's too late to be developing a skill. I was all right, but the thing is, I can only do a limited amount of practice here, living in an island. And how would you practice on your own? Just run and, and, and jump and live, live a good life, maybe. Do a bit, mm. of, bit of climbing and things like that. Yeah, that was it. Would you kick football against the no, wall? Kicking a ball against the wall. The ball comes back off a wall if you instead of two dead. You must have a ball kicked, kicked with force towards you to get good handling. And did you have someone to do that on the island? No, sometimes, sometimes that's it, yeah. Right. You know, let's face it, most people were busy trying to earn a living in those days. There were a lot of immigration. Sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. And if I didn't, so be it. What would you class as your great passion in life then, Mick? Passion in life? Yeah. None, none whatsoever. Really? Playing football. It afforded me a chance to do exercise and to, to play games and, and locally and sometimes in Dublin or mm. sometimes not so much for a period of the year. It was, it was a nice way of associating with other people and so on and playing games with them as best you could. That it wasn't it was on the passion as such. Some might really think that because living in an island, it just happened that uh, that I occurred to to, to to be fairly good at and got yeah. my place in the county team, got some games in Dublin and then when 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 my job didn't suit I went away to England, came back then for a couple of years and finished out and that's it, it drifted away from me then. Yeah. What were your other big passions in life then? Huh? Your other big did you have another big passion? I had no passion whatsoever. But down, living in a place like this, we fished, we hunted, we did this, that and the other thing and various other things. It was, uh, I don't know, I, I would do gardening, I would do, I would do farm work and uh, yeah. planting. Well, can fishing, I ask... Can, anything like that. Yeah. Can I ask you, Mick, are you surprised at... There's a, there's a Mick O'Connell stamp. There's like, when, when people, when the historians of the game speak about great teams, your name is always mentioned and there's a... No, well, I see, that's only comment. Well, there's, I, I, no such thing, there's no such thing as one player being better than next because football is, is about a style of play. And yet, and yet OK. And I, some I, people have different styles and if one style satisfies some people, other people might like the do or die effort, yeah. maybe. But can I, can I put this to you? You are beloved by... Kerry football people and actually beyond Kerry football when your name comes up yeah well I, I don't know what that means I know but it's true play people play hold it. you people hold you in very high esteem and I wonder it seems like you're well, you're almost well, surprised well, that's, by that's that your, if, you're, if your style of play satisfied well and good but if it didn't but maybe maybe I was not ruthless enough I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, do anything to to, to to win the end the end to, to me wasn't as important as the means. The means in which I played was was a justification. And if it weren't, well and good. I said you there. When I see people are talking about disaster, Kerry, Kerry beaten disastrous result. 
There's no such thing yeah. in a game of sport. It is a win or lose, and take your take your take your win or take your beating. Miss stride. That's it. Well, I think I think we're getting somewhere with that. That's a value system that so many people really can identify with, and to see and to hear you speak like that. Well, I'll tell you another thing that coming from Valencia Island was kind of unique, and I being an Islander, it was unusual, and that's why a lot of attention was paid me. It was difficult because facilities here were difficult, bad weather sometimes. You could never really practice to your extent and things like that. But the, but the, the, that was often attributed to me being, being kind of a, a kind of a unique and odd situation that there must be something strange about a person to play from an island. It wasn't. It was the game, the core of the area, and I played it from, from my early age. And uh, it was not the be-all and end-all because... In my household, there was no discussion on football. Mick, happy birthday to you and thanks very much for talking to us. OTB Gold. The very best of Off the Ball. That was an OTB Podcast Network presentation.